Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 2 Samuel chapter 20, and the title I would give today is Break a Few Eggs. <laughs> break a Few Eggs. You ever heard the phrase, you can't make an omelet unless you break a few eggs? Well, what is happening is the nation of Israel has been split. Like, yeah, people that were going for Absalom, people that were going for David, and now they're trying to bring it back together, but there's skirmishes that are happening, and there's a revolt that starts to happen today. And Joab is determined he is going to fix this and bring the kingdom back. The only way to do that is you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. But before we get to that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, subscribe to YouTube video. Leave us a comment to let us know how you're engaging with God's word. Let us know if you have a podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, leave us a five-star review and leave us a comment to let us know how you're engaging with God's word. And as always, let's join together and let's do life together at the Facebook group, Bible Breakdown Discussion. I want to say thank you to so much to everybody who was leaving us those uh, devotions every day, those who are commenting on those devotions every day. Thank you so much for doing that. The more we dig, the more we find. And it's such an honor to do this thing called life together. What we're going to see today is you get your Bibles and turn them to 2 Samuel chapter 20. There's a difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. Peacekeepers are those who try to keep what's already established. Peacemakers are those who are willing to engage in healthy conflict if the end result is peace. And the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the peacemakers. And so many times, now that doesn't mean we go looking for a fight, but it does mean I'm willing to engage if it means it's a healthy conflict that ends in peace. And as Christ followers, there are times when we speak the truth in love in order to make peace on the other side of healthy conflict. I think that's one of the things we can learn about this, because now as the nation of Israel is trying to come back together, there's a revolt that starts to happen. And Joab says, hey, look, there's only one way for us to get back to peace. Sometimes the only way to make an omelet is you got to break a few eggs. So let's read this together and see what God's word will say to us by learning a principle of God's word from reading this story about what happened in David's life as the kingdom of God is coming back together. So here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1. There happened to be a troublemaker there named Sheba, a son of Bikri, of, of Bisri. <laughs> Bisri, that's hard to say. A man from the tribe of Benjamin. Sheba blew the ram's horn and began to chant, Down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Come on, you man of Israel, back to your homes. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bisri. But the men of Judah stayed with their king and escorted him from the Jordan River to Jerusalem. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines that he had left to look after the palace, and he placed them in seclusion. Their needs were provided for, but they no longer slept with them. So each of them lived like a widow until she died. Pause. What a wonderful act of mercy to these ten women. Instead of parading them around and all of this, he would honor them by placing them aside because they had been put to so much shame by being raped by Absalom. So what a wonderful sign of mercy that he did to those women. Verse 4, 
Then the king told Amasa, mobilize the army of Judah within three days and report back to me at that time. So Amasa went out to notify Judah, but he took, but it took him longer than the time that he had been given. Then David said to Abishai, Sheba, son of Bishri, is going to hurt us more than Absalom did. Quick, take my troops and chase after him before he gets into a fortified town where we can't reach him. So Abishai and Joab, together with the king's bodyguard and all the mighty warriors, set out from Jerusalem to go after Sheba. As they arrived at the great stone of Gibeon, Amasa met them. Joab was wearing his military tunic with a dagger strapped to his belt. As he stepped forward to greet Amasa, he slipped the dagger from under its sheath. How are you, my cousin? Joab said, and he took him by the beard with his right hand as though to kiss him. Amasa didn't notice the dagger in his left hand, and Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it, with the inside, and his insides gushed out on the ground. Joab did not need to strike again, and Amasa soon died. Joab and his brother Abashai left him lying there and continued after Sheba. One of Joab's young men shouted to Amasa's troops, If you are for Joab and David, come and follow Joab. But Amasa lay in his blood in the middle of the road, and Joab's men saw that everyone was stopping to stare at him. So they pulled him off the road into the field and threw a cloak over him. And with Amasa, Amasa's body out of the way, everyone went with Joab to capture Sheba, the son of Bishri. Meanwhile, Sheba traveled through all the tribes of Israel and eventually came to the town of Abel Beth Micaiah. All of the members of his own clan, the Bisriites, assembled for battle and followed him into the town. When Joab's forces arrived, they attacked Abel Beth Mahaka, and they built a siege ramp against the town's fortifications and built battering, uh, built and began battering down the wall. But a wise man in the town called out to Joab, "Listen to me, Joab. Come over here so I can talk to you." And he approached the woman and he asked, "Are you Joab?" "I am," he replied. So she said, "Listen carefully to your servant." "I am listening," he said. Then she continued. There used to be a saying, if you want to settle an argument, ask advice at the town of Abel. I am one of those peace, uh, I am the one who is peace loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? Joab replied, Believe me, I don't want to devour or destroy your town. That is not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bisri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand over this one man to me, I will leave the town in peace. All right, the woman replied, we will throw his head over you, over to you, over the wall. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice, and they cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Joab. He blew the ram's horn, and he called the troops back from the attack. They all returned to their homes, and Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. Now, Joab was commander of the army of Israel. Behenai, son of Je Jehoadiah, was captain of the king's bodyguard. Edoream was in charge of the forces of the forced labor. Jehoshaphat, the son of Eliud, was the royal historian. Shiva was the court secretary, and Zadok and Abathar were the priests. And Ira, the descendants of Jair, was David's personal priest. So, it had to get nasty again. Apparently, this idea with Amasa was that either he was inept as the general, the commander over David's army, or at worst, Maybe he was taking too long so that Sheba could get to some kind of fortification. Joab, he don't mess around. 
And he realized this has to stop now. And so he goes and he finds a Mesa and he deals with it. No, we ain't going to do this. We ain't going to mess around anymore. Victory is done today. I'm willing to do the hard thing to finish this. And so he kills a Mesa. And then he goes and he takes care of business. And now we're going to see that when you're willing to do the hard thing, peace is going to come. Now, what principle can we get out of this? Let's be quick to say what we're not saying is that when you have conflict, you should resort to violence. Okay, that is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, is sometimes in order to have sustained peace, you have to enter into healthy conflict, healthy conflict. One of the things I've learned in my life is that not everybody, but most people avoid conflict. It's not easy. It's not fun. But sometimes it becomes necessary. But it is so easy to get into unhealthy conflict. So one of the things I've learned in my life is when I'm going to engage in what I hope to be healthy conflict, I want to make sure that first I pray over what's going on. I'm not out to hurt anybody. I'm not out to win. I'm out to resolve the situation. Number two is I have a conversation before the conversation, and I tell this person, hey, I want to talk about something, and this could get difficult. So can we set some ground rules for this? And then number three, I set some ground rules. Number one, we are not going to attack each other. We're going to talk about the topic. Number two, I am not going to disrespect you in any way. If I do, you call me out. And then number three, my goal is to find some kind of mutual resolution. Now, does that mean all conflict goes well? Absolutely not. (laughs) But at least we try to go in the right direction because as Joab is realizing, it is time for peace. And sometimes to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. And if you're having sustained conflict with somebody, why not give it a try? First of all, pray. Pray for God to open the door. Number two, set some ground rules. Have that conversation before the conversation and say, hey, look, I'm tired of this conflict. I want us to resolve this. So can we talk about it? and set some ground rules, and then engage in healthy, life-giving conflict, not to win, but to resolve it so you can come back together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are with us and you are for us. I pray today, God, as we enter into different kinds of conflict in our world, we won't seek to win. We've got nothing to prove and nobody to impress, but instead we will seek to have healthy relationships We'll engage in conflict as necessary in a healthy way so that we may resolve and do life together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And then what God's word says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, your house and your kingdom will endure before me forever. That's what God wants for me and for you, is to have a lasting relationship with us that lasts for eternity. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 2 Samuel chapter 21. 20.